0: Hello and welcome to Life With Ed, the podcast. This is episode 16 and uh, happy Monday, to everyone. Um, it's the last episode that's gonna come out in August and it's the first episode I'm recording in my um, new home office. Very excited, I moved last week and now I have a space dedicated to writing, recording, all my work. I'm not like all over the bedroom, so um, definitely a step up. I uh, almost forgot what number we were on this week. That it was sixteen. So I think that's um, a good sign that we've done a lot of work here, and um, we still have a lot to go. But we're making progress. It's been it's been a good go more than half a year. Um. So I just wanted to start with our news item, and uh, since I I you know published my last podcast two weeks ago, a lot has happened in the you know, nutrition world, Uh, especially uh, for those of us who are, you know, in the eating disorder world or concerned about um, dieting and diet culture and the effects it can have. On August 13th, so right after I uh, put out my last podcast, WW, which is formerly known as Weight Watchers, and I think most of us would still, you know, refer to them as Weight Watchers, um, released a new app and it's um, aimed at children. It's aimed at children ages 8 to 17. It's called Curbo. Um, so it's a weight loss app specifically for kids that's now out there. Um, it it isn't free, but uh, it's not, you know, that crazy expensive. So a lot of families might be using it instead of going to a dietitian or a doctor or, you know, a, a medical professional who should be working with them if they have um, a real health concern that a lot of dietitians like myself, non-diet dietitian signed a petition. And that petition now has over 87,000 signatures trying to urge Weight Watchers to um, take down this app to stop it. There's a lot of evidence um, behind our petition. It's not just like, oh, we don't like you know, uh, dieting and it's bad. um, So we think, you know, anything related to it should be shut down. No, like specifically for children, this is a huge problem. The American Academy of Pediatrics discourages dieting at all. It doesn't recommend talking about weight. You can talk about behavior changes. You can talk about healthy lifestyle. You can talk about exercising more, but do not talk about weight. Do not talk about calories. It has shown um, time and time again that that is the a big indicator that you might develop an eating disorder. A a dieting behavior in a child um, is a clear sign that they're developing some sort of disordered eating. It's not, you know, a a good way for a kid to be. They might not be getting enough calories. They might get a deficiency. Um, They're going to become obsessed with know their weight and what their body looks like at a time when their body's changing a lot and it can be really traumatic for a kid who's about to go through puberty I mean age eight that is really really little um, it, it can be very traumatic for a kid to be told you know you need to change what your body looks like at a time when your body's going to be changing a lot and you can't control it so um, it's it's really bad I'm, I'm really worried about this app and I think um, everyone should be educated about it that it is not a good thing to be using for our kid. There are, you know, dietitians out there, there are medical professionals out there who can really help you. Uh, An app is not what we should be turning to, to get um, help if we're that concerned about our eight to 17 year old. So anyway, that's the news item. So look it up. I have a couple articles linked in the show notes so you can read more about it. But it's Definitely a big concern, um, out there and something that I think all of us should work towards educating everyone else that it's not, um, not okay. It's not okay to promote weight loss for children. So there we go. Um, on a more happy note, I am joining Nita um, on their walk in Fairfield. So, Nita is the National Eating Disorder Association. They hold walks all over the country to raise awareness and uh, money for eating disorder research. Soon, um, as in in two weeks, I will have the uh, co sponsors and the hosts for the Nita Walk Fairfield on the podcast to tell you everything about it um, right before it lo- it goes off. Um, so I'll be there. I'll be walking under the team Life with Ed, uh, Worth Your Wild Nutrition. So if you're interested in joining me, please join the team. And if you'd just like to donate, you can do that too. Um, there's a link for that in the show notes as well. So um, Nita Walk, it's September September 15th in Fairfields, Connecticut. Um, you can look it up. It's going to be a really great opportunity to meet other people who are advocates for um, better care for eating disorders and um, the, a lot of people who have gone through eating disorders. So if you want to join my team, please uh, go to Life with Ed on my website or in the show notes or go straight to Need Fairfield. And if you go to sign up for the walk and click join the team. Just search to life with Ed um, and you can join me or you can donate um, and it all goes to us So the National Eating Disorder Association and they um, support a lot of research um, in the realm of eating disorders. So definitely something um, worthwhile. So, okay, today uh, getting, we have a lot of things going on, um, but I'm really excited to have Julie Graham. She's a diet, technician registered on the podcast um, she is the owner of NX by Julie it's a virtual coaching practice in Bristol. Um, she had binge eating disorder while in college and after college and she has a lot to share just about you know how to come to a place where you can realize that you know weight is not the center focus of health and um, how you can truly learn to be an in intuitive eating um eater not to be an intuitive eating to be an intuitive eater and she's uh really inspiring to me because as um I have not always felt confident in she is incredibly confident that recovery is possible for everyone so um just as a reminder before I bring Julie on um Please remember to like this show, to share it with your friends, to promote it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want, um, word of mouth. Please get the word out there. Like it on iTunes is the best way to do that. Um, So please uh, help me out in getting others to find the show. Now, without further ado, here is Julie Graham. So today I'm here with Julie Graham. And she's a, a diet technician, right? Yes. Um, lives in Connecticut like I do. So um, we're actually in person, which is really fun. Yeah. And I just want to start uh, asking, Julie, how did you um, first, you know, get involved or realize um, you had an eating disorder?
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so I'm sort of a different case as someone who's had an eating disorder, Um because I didn't really know that I had one when I had one. Um, It happened while, you know, it all kind of came to a head while I was in college um, during undergrad. So I was about 20 years old when it all kind of hit the fan for me. Um, So it took me... Actually seeing a um they brought in an outside speaker to an event that I think must have been sponsored by the Yukon Nutrition Club or something. Oh, okay. Um, and if I if I could find the woman's name, I would totally be like hitting her up today to say thank you. I don't even remember <laughs> the much about thing. the speaker. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it wasn't until I heard her talking about her experience with um, essentially binge eating that I realized that my problem had a name and that I wasn't the only person experiencing this and um, that there may be help and resources for the problem that I was experiencing.
0: Right. Yeah. So I know you said you think of it as like unusual, like you didn't know. Yeah. Right. I don't think it's unusual at all. Yeah. Um, Most people don't even realize they have a problem until something like that. Like the speaker, you know, clues them in like, oh, it's not normal. Like all those behaviors that um, we have. Like for me, I like read my textbook for my first nutrition class. And I just like happened to open to the page on bulimia, and I was like, "Oh, that's me!" Like, Mm -hmm. and it so same sort of thing. It's it's um, it feels unusual because you're like all these other people uh, went to treatment or whatever, but um, you're definitely like not alone in that yeah
1: yeah and i guess i guess for everyone making that realization um we're all just following our own thought train that brings us to that point yeah of like you know the problem has grown and escalated and turned into something else um before we make the realization but um well to step back a little yeah so how'd you get there to that point Okay. So, I mean, if we go all the way back to the beginning and do like a food psych episode, basically. (laughs) Um, So I was the youngest of three growing up, um, middle class, average family. Um, I was very smart. I was very shy. Um, and I, you know, looking back on my childhood now, I'm always thinking that I was just kind of like along for the ride all the time. Like my older sister and brother were involved in sports and different things. So I would just sort of tagged along with my parents and we were always at a practice or a game or whatever. Are you much younger um, than I'm not much younger. We're all, um, less than two years apart, oh, okay. um, from each other. So, so just, you know, in hindsight, Having the benefit of a lot of knowledge and learning since then, I've realized that, you know, it just I was very quiet and um, did not express my needs, did not have a real way of like knowing who i was or what i enjoyed or what made me happy i was always just kind of like following everyone else yeah and doing the right thing and getting good grades because that's like how all i the got affirmation yeah yeah so it was basically just like um using my brain to do all the right things and be a good kid um at the expense of my identity and knowing who i was as a person um and then of course I think for many of us, perfectionism, oh, yeah, starts to creep in at some yeah. point, and um, putting that pressure on ourselves to perform at certain levels. Um, for me, I was in high honors, a student all the time, and playing sports. You know, following in my sister's footsteps, trying to uphold the same high bar that she set. Um, yeah, because that's what I knew was acceptable. You're yeah. going to be good enough, right? Um, it's actually for funny else.
0: like to look back on moments like that because you're like, wait, why was I so obsessed with just meeting exactly what they did, mm-hmm. right? Like I just have this clear memory of. I was on the science team, so like the nerd herd in, in middle school, it was awesome. And, um, <laughs> and uh, my brothers, I have three, all older, had been on the science team, and I remember like the first day of like practice, that year, practice, um, we like had to go around and say like what we were most nervous about, and I said, doing as well as my brothers Mm -hmm. and I'm always like, like wow it was like all the way back there I was just like I need to be as good as them
1: yeah yeah so I guess some of that comparison stuff is really what starts us down sort of this path of like abandoning ourselves and getting a little bit lost yeah um which allows something like an eating disorder to come in and um, you know, I'm in no way an expert on these things, but I've recently been talking to a few different people about my experience and, you know, I'm like an eating disorder is the same. It's the same core problem as like alcoholism oh, yeah. or a drug addiction or you know compulsive gambling or you know all these things that people can kind of get caught up in but yeah it's a different coping mechanism but the same sort of root problem um and that is feeling like you're not good enough as you are and you need to be something else in order to be accepted
0: so you mentioned before we started recording that um, you sort of got started down this path, maybe towards your binge eating disorder um, with Weight Watchers. Yeah, so. Um, and Weight Watchers is in the news right now yeah. a lot um, with Kerbo. for those of you who haven't heard about it it's uh for children um which is crazy but it's a weight loss app marketed towards children starting at Mm -hmm. age 8 to 17 i think
1: Mm -hmm. and you and i both know from our nutrition training that kids are really never supposed to be put on weight loss diets during their developing years like Uh, even the
0: same professor who you know taught me about weight management told me you know kids should never be on a diet
1: yeah so it's just crazy it's part of their development and um they're gonna need you know whatever pounds they have they're gonna need for their eventual growth spurts and Developing their yeah. um, reproductive stuff, I, everything. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you before Kerbo were on Weight Watchers. Yeah, too. so I was. I um, was at UConn in the fall of well, spring of two thousand three during my freshman year at UConn. I had put on ten pounds my freshman year, and I, you know, being the like overachiever, need to be perfect person. Um, I was like, this is not good. I need to lose this weight because I already thought my weight was unacceptable prior to yeah. entering college. Um, and if I step all the way back, listening to one of your previous episodes, Julia, you know, it really resonated with me because I'm a little bit taller too. Yeah, not as tall as you, but <laughs> I'm a little bit taller. And my weight in high school, I just remember, you know, hearing like like literally like locker room it's talk always the locker among room girls talk. yeah as well as those awful like teen magazines and stuff that just really messed with my head around what a healthy weight is and what you know what's what's a normal weight for a girl yeah um and i just thought my weight was way too high and not near the range that anyone else was talking about and so it was you know it became very shameful for me and something that needed to be controlled in my mind right um, very privately and i shared it with no one right so that's kind of where the seed got planted um so then when i put on the 10 pounds my freshman year i immediately went to weight watchers online and signed up for an account and this is back like just post dial-up days i mean we yeah were, yeah they we didn't, were didn't have cell phone on. apps <laughs> ethernet something or other yeah so um so i used that and you know as we know um the first diet usually is pretty like magical yeah and draws you right in because Um, at that point, the first time around your metabolism is pretty cooperative. Yeah. It's (laughs) at like your natural state, right? So you haven't messed with it yet. Yeah. (laughs) So obviously, you know, I used it quote unquote successfully, um, toward the spring and over the summer uh, after my freshman year and then going back to school um, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to maintain the same you know strict vigilance you're in a dining hall yeah and and really at that point I think for me like I took care of the problem and it was over with and I would just go on my merry way but of course we know that like At that point, once you've dieted, you know, you're never really quite the same again. Yeah. Um, So sophomore year went on and, you know, nothing earth shattering happened. But I know that after sophomore year, during the summer, I I didn't go back on Weight Watchers, quote unquote. But it just so happened that I had like all this free time. I was watching two young children over the summer um, and I was dropping them off at camp and going to the gym and working out and laying out in the sun and getting my tan because I'm very pale and that wasn't okay either. <laughs> yeah. Um, so long story short, I got into like the best shape of my life, quote unquote, um, that summer of 2004. And when I went back for my junior year at UConn, like I knew there was no way I was going to be able to maintain this. Mm-hmm. Um and so I was back up like I knew that my weight had gone back up maybe like five pounds when I went to see a dietitian right at UConn <laughs> it's so funny like how yeah. all this stuff kind of <laughs> comes full circle yeah um so yeah when I saw her I had I had that's when the binge eating started okay and so i knew that i had to have gained a little weight so i went and i saw her and i'm like i just want to lose five pounds like i just want to get those she like- five pounds back and she was like oh that's totally doable super oh easy like you know <laughs> we'll just we'll just eat half a sandwich and blah 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 and your snacks should contain M- proteins moderation and carbs. moderation moderation yeah and I mean, honestly, she was wonderful because yeah. I didn't tell her that I had a problem until my second appointment. And right. just the fact that I felt comfortable enough to admit to her yeah. that I had a problem. Like, I, I remember her very fondly. I remember her right. face. I have no idea what her name is or where she is today. <laughs> but, um, so she was the one that actually referred me to therapy. Oh, nice. But, um, of course... I still had no idea what was going on or why I was at therapy or what yeah, I was there to like, talk about. Thanks. But why am I here? <laughs> yeah. But literally I was eating like anything and everything that was in my dorm room at that time. Yeah. On a pretty much a daily basis. Um, So that's really where the eating disorder started. It was just kind of like when I fell off of that, that high from the summer below, diet high and I knew I wasn't going to be able to, um, hold it together, but it was literally like two. Now that I think about it, it was two plus full years of daily binge eating practically all day, every day. Um, and with the mindset of like always my diet was just going to start tomorrow. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's the <laughs> like, classic. Yeah. Literally. And that went on for two years. Yeah.
0: And it's in the, um, uh, I'm so bad at remembering titles. Okay. The intuitive eating book that like mm-hmm. most of us have read by Evelyn Jabel. And, um, it, you know it says like the last feast sort of phenomenon yeah. even even if you don't actually start the diet the next day like uh, the idea yep. of starting a diet you end up you know binging basically yeah.
1: Yeah, it's basically the threat of a famine. I mean, yeah. as far as your body's concerned. Yeah, so.
0: and I do that with water, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is you know fine. But <laughs> I, yeah. I like, I'm like, I'm gonna go outside for an hour. I'm not gonna have access to water. I like drink so much water. I have to go to bathroom immediately, and mm-hmm. I'm like, now there's no bathroom either. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, <laughs> it
1: happens with everything. Yeah. Um. But
0: especially food. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's really. Um, that's really what Weight Watchers did for me. <laughs> um, two years of binge eating. I And and here's the crazy thing. I remember at the time we had learned about eating disorders in right. high school. And oh, at that lucky. point I, in time. I did not. Yeah. Um, so at that point in time, I knew about anorexia and I knew about bulimia. Oh, right. Yeah. But, but not binge. binge eating disorder had not yet become a formal in the dsm diagnosis and it certainly wasn't in my health textbook from whatever year that was in high school so um i i specifically remember thinking to myself that as long as i didn't throw up i didn't have an eating disorder
0: yeah yeah and that's like the problem with the strict definitions right Mm -hmm. so like someone like you who like clearly did have a disordered eating problem is like oh I'm fine because you're not like at the weight qualification or the you know the number of times that you threw up in a week or whatever the listing is yeah yeah um, can be really hard for someone to you know admit that they might have a problem if it's not like laid out that way
1: right yeah and I ate so much food but I never (laughs) threw up so I was fine in my mind (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, yeah yeah so um with that you know i i gained a very obvious amount of weight over a short period of time yeah and um one of the things that you know was one of the most heartbreaking things about my experience but at the time i was grateful was that like no one commented you know when i was when i was dieting and i was losing weight and i was getting all these compliments about how i looked and my appearance um it was great but then when i gained weight and i actually was experiencing this really big problem and this um you know inner turmoil and emotional everything yeah um, no one commented
0: because it's like the elephant in the room right
1: yeah like on the one hand I was grateful for it because then I got to go merrily along in denial that like no one knows this is happening, no one can even tell. Da, 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 da. But um on the other hand, like I, I think there was a part of me that, you know, that was part of my like plea for help. Like someone please just notice that That's something's what it is. not yeah. right with me. Um yeah you know and i don't i don't blame anyone for for not um but it's, you know i think yeah. that was part of it too it's kind of
0: like a societal problem where like on the one hand we like praise people when they are losing weight like no matter what like i remember i had you know my wisdom teeth out and i like lost a few pounds because you can't eat for like a few days and everyone was like wow you look amazing and i was like okay i just didn't eat for three or four days because I had surgery, so I don't think I should be being complimented. But then on the other hand, if you're having a real problem or just a larger person, like people pretend you're not there or that like nothing is different about you or anything like they just, you know, pass you by and you're like,
1: hey. Like, yeah. And I think lack of validation or compliments or affirmation is also a statement. Yeah, um, it is. To people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I remember having a conversation with a family member about um, someone we both knew and them telling me like, it's not my place to say anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, for one, if you think there's a problem, which maybe there is, maybe there isn't, maybe they're totally fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then why are you acting like you shouldn't say anything? because if there is a problem
1: i think they would you know like to know um yeah yeah and it's such a delicate situation i don't even know that i'm coming here with any answers yeah. i'm just sharing I don't have my any experience answers. but um i think you and i it seems like we're similar in that we're the type of people that want to reach out to someone yeah, that yeah. we know is struggling um not everyone you know has that in them yeah but it's awkward It is. It is. Oh, I'm, I'm all about having the awkward conversations. (laughs) The more awkward, the better. Let's have it.
0: So, uh, so eventually, you know, you came to some sort of recovery.
1: Yeah. So for me, um, you know, I did therapy for the rest of the time I was at UConn, uh, which I ended up actually um, completing my credits elsewhere just to get out of the environment. I yeah, re- you know, that was the one thing that I could figure out for myself was that that was not the right environment for me to be in. Yeah. Um. So I did therapy. I don't really know how helpful it really was. And then once I graduated college, it just kind of fell away as that season of my life just turned over and I went on to the working world and my life had more structure to it. I had fewer obligations. I wasn't trying to make certain grades or yeah. be the club president plus work oh 20 yeah. hours a week <laughs> like my sister yeah who i love and she's wonderful and i'm not taking anything away from her it just wasn't the right path for me yeah um so yeah it just kind of naturally faded to the background and not to drag this story out no, any longer okay. than it already <laughs> is um i really didn't learn much about the experience um, at all or process any of it or still like officially know that that was an eating disorder Um, so of course later in my 20s I went on another diet right gosh Uh. (laughs) I'm sure that ended or you know started well (laughs) Um, it started well it didn't end well so um i you know i gave it my all i did all the right things it was a different program um they were doing everything the right way it was it was totally the wellness diet oh god christy herson yeah refers to it um you know everything was very like organic and lean protein and you know just like the most the most expensive everything that you could possibly (laughs) do yeah and uh, i mean essentially it was it was a low carb diet they just weren't calling it a low carb diet yeah (laughs) like thanks anyway so by the end of that i had like messed up a couple of my joints because there was a huge like exercise component to it so i screwed up my knee um because i'm trying to follow these workouts like on my own with no guidance whatsoever um and I was still, I like initially lost weight, regained it, was still quote unquote overweight, whatever that means. Yeah. And I stopped getting my period. Oh, yeah. But obviously, it's not because of the dieting. You know, the dieting's good because I need to lose weight to yeah. everyone around me. But why would you lose your period? Oh, that's weird. It can't possibly have anything to do with what you're putting your body through. You yeah, know? like, it's just so crazy. So until, like, even a couple years after that, was when i realized that like yes that's what was happening i was just like white knuckling my way trying to achieve a quote unquote healthy body weight according to the bmi chart yeah and my body was just like f that (laughs) yeah i'm I'm flipping (laughs) off the (laughs) microphone right now but um yeah yeah yeah. so it was just like the fact that i had an encore episode of dieting. Um, And it wasn't until I felt like I failed that, that I started to understand um, what was right for me and my body. Um, That's really, that's really what it came to for me to start just being like okay i'm not gonna worry about what society says or what everyone else is doing or the programs everyone else is doing like i now have clear and convincing evidence that my body is not meant to be a smaller size and i'm going to allow it to be what it is and i literally learning the hard way yeah so i gradually like you know at that point i was eating very clean and ugh. <laughs> roll my eyes at myself yeah, but um yeah. you know over the course of like the next one to two years I sort of just like loosened up the reins on my diet and realized that like nothing catastrophic happened to me all these healthy foods that I thought I needed to eat in order to maintain you know perfect health and ideal whatever like nothing bad happened when I ate a granola bar yeah and I, I didn't or like a muffin instantly yeah. like you know there wasn't the disastrous results that they said there would be so yeah I just kind of slowly liberalized my own diet and to the point where um you know that that's been about five years now and I I'm just at this point I'm like totally liberal I don't plan anything you know I show up to events and I eat what i can and oh yeah whatever i want and leave whatever else yeah. um so go ahead You look that, say <laughs> no it's
0: just making me crack up because i keep thinking about you said like events that you go to and i have been at so many like work functions like when i was an intern and like had a really bad eating disorder for most of my time as an intern i'd be like oh no i, I can't have cake Like what kind of person Mm -hmm. wants to sit with someone at a party who is like, I can't have
1: cake. Yeah. I can't have, I'm just going to eat the celery that's on the side of the wings. Did you have an excuse for why you didn't eat the cake? I'm curious. (laughs) No, I don't, I
0: don't think so. I think everyone was just like, oh, she studies nutrition. Like, of course she's not eating the cake. Or I would say something like even more ridiculous. Like I'm going to run 15 miles today. Yeah. So obviously I shouldn't have cake. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it happens. Um, but I wanted to ask you because you are a big advocate of haze. Um, yeah. How did you first find out about it, and how do you help someone else? Because I get questions like this all the time, and I am not a great explainer of it all the time. How do you get someone to understand it?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um. I'm not sure if I'm going to remember where I first came across it, but I will say that. Since about beginning of 2018 was when I sort of picked my Instagram account back up and blew the dust off of it and decided to get involved. And that's where I discovered this enormous and amazing community of non-diet and anti-diet dietitians therapists um, social workers all of those types of practitioners that are working not just with eating disorders but with anyone who has concerns about food and body image and the way that they're um, eating so that's really where I learned about health at every size and um that's where I really learned to embrace intuitive eating, because yeah. when I first learned about intuitive eating was when I was doing like the clean eating, like elitist, like oh, yes. moralistic, <laughs> whatever. And I was, I was like rolling my eyes at it. I'm like, well, you know, like, like peop- the the general criticism, like if you just want to totally like give up on yourself, then go do intuitive eating,
0: <laughs> which so, is so sad because it like honestly takes the most work uh, to to start to eat intuitively and you're like, okay, people, um, you're gonna do better on this. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so I understand those criticisms because I was there once. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but now I'm on the other side of it. And um yeah, I'm totally, totally on board with intuitive eating. Um I I personally, you know, I didn't learn to do intuitive eating I just kind of happened to become an intuitive eater and then decided to embrace you know the methods and the principles yeah. of how can I help other people get there that have struggled like me. Right. Um so did that answer your question? <laughs> I think I lost I think myself it. Uh, there. It helped.
0: <laughs> but so if you were to tell someone like yes, me yes. like and I have heard of Hayes. Yeah. But I'm not like with you. Yeah. What would you say to explain it?
1: So, for me, health at every size is, you, you know, for someone who is newer to these concepts, it's acknowledging that, yes, you believe that you need to lose weight and that's going to make you healthy. But let's just set that aside for right now and focus on the more immediate. Things that you can control, which is finding exercise that you enjoy, um, you know, redefining how you think about your workouts and when you need to work out and why you should work out, um, as well as your relationship with food and um, kind of losing myself here. So no, that was, was really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's late
0: for everyone who's listening. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, it's just taking that that often overused weight loss goal and putting it on the shelf for now and focusing on developing a more direct relationship with food, exercise, and your body. Yeah. And exploring <clears throat> what that means and how that might play out for you without the pressure of getting on a scale every day or every week or whatever. Yeah. Um, For me, like a weight loss goal is just so much pressure that like, I don't want to touch that. And And also
0: it might not relate to your health. Yeah. Like for you, when you said, you know, you were on this, you know, diet, but Mm -hmm. kind of gaining weight and you lost your period. I mean, your weight was not in line with, you know, where you needed to go in terms of health. If you tried to lose more weight, I don't think you would have gotten your period back.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So really understanding that your healthy weight cannot be found on a chart and is only something that you can arrive at through a positive relationship with these aspects of your life. um, That's really where the magic happens. Yeah. So
0: I wanted to ask you a question because I... I realized this the other day because my fiance pointed it out and I was amazed. But uh, is there something like that you did or was like a habit or something when you, you know, had binge eating disorder that you like don't, you're so over now that you don't even like realize you're over it and that was a problem? And when you look back, you're like, wow, like, Julie, what was I, what was I doing? I think sometimes... For someone who's suffering right now, it's hard to think like you could one day get past these things, Mm -hmm. but but you can. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yes. I have a lot of things. (laughs) Um, I mean, so when I was binge eating, I was eating like diet and light versions of everything. So I was eating... Light cream cheese is gross. I was eating... (laughs) light ice cream i was eating light popcorn i was eating you know fat-free dressings on my salads and reduced fat wheat thins and all of these things and i would of course like inhale them by the carton but um at this point in time you know, and if if I really back up, um, back in the day, Weight Watchers was essentially a low-fat diet. Oh, yeah, for so sure. If you reverse yeah. engineer those points, you quickly find out that they're just steering you down a low-fat path. And now, fast forward to today, I know that my body is so much happier and feels satisfied on a higher fat diet. Yeah. Which Weight Watchers was not really allowing me to do within their system. Um, but I now eat, you know, I make it a point to eat fat with every meal instead yeah. of trying to figure out how can I cut out as much as possible to save calories. You know, I pour oil over my salad and without measuring it and like I I, I think about it all the time that like the old me would have totally like been down. fringing and like yeah. freaking out if if they knew but um so yeah I definitely don't eat light versions of things anymore and I apologize to all the family members that I baked for or cooked for <laughs> made, <laughs> oh my god, made light versions <laughs> of things I now know what you were just you know making that face for but um so that's something that I've totally overcome. And again, that's it's awesome. like you there's no way to know what really works for your body if you're starting with the assumption of a plan or needing to lose weight, you're never gonna get there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, for me, the thing I was thinking of was uh, mirrors. so I don't I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people with an eating disorder have this problem, but I like couldn't look in a mirror and like little kid Julia loved mirrors, like sat in front of the mirror, like looking at herself all day and then like got to having an eating disorder. And in my freshman dorm, I actually like papered over the mirror so I couldn't see it. Um, and the other day I was like doing the little kid Julia thing of just like posing in the mirror with my like seven different outfits in the morning. And, uh, Dylan was, like, You know, do you remember when you like couldn't look in a mirror and I had actually forgotten and it was one of those feelings where you're like recovery is possible and I for so long didn't believe that. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And if I can be that beacon of light for anyone out there that's struggling or has struggled, I can tell you that without a doubt, 100%, I am fully recovered from my issues with food um and you know honestly after that first diet i went on i was like i would give anything to just go back to being to eat, able to eat normally you know yeah. like like you did yeah. when you were a kid and you just ate whatever and you had ice cream and you right like every single had night snacks yeah. and da, 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 <laughs> da and like i just remember like being like i can't have that anymore but Um, I'm here to tell you that you can have that and you can be fully recovered. You can get to a place where you are not having those disordered thoughts um, or feeling, you know, inhibited in some way by um, your past. Like, it's totally possible to just be completely free and normal and uninhibited by any of it
0: that's so good to hear definitely i uh, think people need to realize that because often we think this is it like this is where we're stuck
1: yeah i heard you say it, um on one of the episodes i listened yeah. to that you're like can i ever get to 100 percent? like yeah. you totally can and um i think about it in my business life too from time to time it's like people who are you know people who seem like they're more successful than you or like they have it more together or whatever the case may be um they've just been at it for longer
0: yeah or maybe they even don't and you just or they don't they do yeah yeah so okay so i know that you've been in fitness centers and uh, like the rest of us exposed to diet culture um, what is your biggest frustration? If you had to pick one
1: biggest frustration with diet culture and the way people talk about wellness. Um, I i mean, my biggest frustration is just how accepted it is as fact. And yeah. um, when I bring up alternative viewpoints, people are just like, what (laughs) yeah yeah. like what do you mean obesity isn't a problem what do you mean like yeah we don't have an epidemic right well body respect by linda bacon people (laughs) check it out go buy it go watch Um, poodle science (laughs) that was was
0: good (laughs) um okay so i just have like two more questions for you so i know recently you hosted your first body positivity happy hour Yep. Um, and I think for any of our listeners who are in Connecticut, it would be a really cool thing for them to go to. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah. So I had this crazy idea out of the blue um, to host a body positive happy hour to get women together um, for a couple hours at an event where we can just talk and um like remind ourselves about like the deepest parts of ourselves or the things that we enjoyed when we were little um what really like brings out our spirit and our joy and our enthusiasm for life um so i created conversations around that and it's also an environment where we're not talking badly about our bodies and we're you know we're not it's it's a diet free zone so women are there to connect again just like self-exploration connecting on things that have nothing to do with physical appearance or um, whether they're what they're putting on their plate or not putting on their plate Um, so that's what the body positive happy hour is about. And I try to bring in messages about body liberation and, um, how the things that we say about ourselves affect the people around us. Oh yeah. Um, and just how we can create a safer environment for everyone to exist in, um, just by dropping the diet talk so that's what it's about we have and your next one is our next one is friday september 27th in watertown connecticut um at lift for women gym it is at 6 30 to 8 30 p.m um and yeah the, yeah the event's on facebook but we can link yeah i'll stuff. definitely
0: link it in the notes so um yeah if you're in connecticut
1: you should check it out
0: because uh, i think it
1: would be really cool It's something that I would like to bring to more communities. So if you're listening and you can think of a community that would um, be interested in hosting one, definitely let me know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, my last question I'd like to ask everyone is, uh, what's your favorite food?
1: My favorite? You're not surprised. Food. (laughs) Um, Gosh. I love food. I really, I'm really feeling cupcakes for the last few years. Cupcakes are really good. I'm on a, I'm on a cupcake kick. I'm a chocoholic. Um, It's chocolate. Gotta be chocolate. Yeah, yeah. I can totally appreciate other things. I just had a lemon cupcake with vanilla buttercream the other night. Oh wow! And that was super tasty. But generally, as a rule of thumb, if you're bringing me something, like (laughs) chocolate is is the sure to? thing that's how yeah. i feel about
0: cake like i don't think vanilla cake has a place at my birthday yeah so <laughs> I, <laughs> or my wedding for <laughs> for that matter um but uh yeah because one time someone made me a vanilla cake for my birthday and i actually got really sad yeah <laughs> um but julie and thank that's you so a genuine much
1: response. <laughs> you're entitled to that yeah
0: yeah well thank you so much julie for driving out here to this library and uh recording with me Absolutely. Thank you for having me.